Guys, welcome to the I Love Seville show. My name is Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us. A good rainy Wednesday afternoon to you and yours. We're live in downtown Charlottesville in the Macklin building on our network, the I Love Seville network, where we use long-form content to talk about topic matter that's important to you and I. I have a few items out of the notebook that I'd like to get to first before we break down the primary um, election cycle from last night that had me captivated, riveted on the edge of the sofa, on the edge of the bed. I had my phone in one hand constantly hitting refresh on the VPAP website to see what was going down. Folks, we had some major moves major, major, major moves in local politics, and voters across the Commonwealth have spoken. And these voters clearly have indicated that their ideologies, their wants and needs, are way more moderate today than they were even three, four years ago. I will explain why on today's program with, back, with data to back up my takes. Um, a couple of Items out of the notebook first. I had a fantastic conversation with Tito Durrett this morning. He's the assistant police chief. The assistant police chief is retiring at the end of the month, Charlottesville Police Department. We're going to get assistant police chief Tito Durrett on the show. This will likely happen maybe the last week of June, early week and first week in July. He's uh, enjoying some quality time that is well-earned um, as we speak. Um, Major Tito Durrett, the assistant police chief, matured as a man and as a gentleman within the Charlottesville Police Department. And I am very eager and excited to champion um, a pillar of this community. More details on that as Tito goes from R&R to the last week of his time, the CD, Charlottesville Police Department, in June. He's retiring at the end of the month. All right, this program is dynamic. You, the viewer and listener, can share your perspective, can ask questions, can, can let us know what you saw um, during the election cycle, during the primary season yesterday, and I'm very eager to hear from you. If you can do me the favor, like the show, share the show wherever you may be. Judah Wickhauer will respond to your comments and read them live on air. Um, and we'll weave Judah in maybe every five, um, ten minutes um, on the show. Lisa Costello, you're exactly right. He was a police explorer, Tito Durrett, within the Charlottesville Police Department, starting in his formidable teenage years as a police explorer, uh, Major Durrett. Let's talk election, though. All right. This 2023 primary, and I can say this with confidence and with conviction, it showed us that the ideologies of many of us in Central Virginia have changed. 2019, four years ago, when Lloyd Snook ran, when Michael Payne ran, progressive mindset undoubtedly had proliferated not only Charlottesville City, but Albemarle County and much of Central Virginia. We understand why that progressive mindset was so palpable and so tangible in this community. 
We were fresh off August 12, 2017, one of the worst days in the history of our fair and fine city. We were right in the midst of a, a, a president and Donald Trump that was as divisive as, as any in American history. So here you have Charlottesville, here you have Almoral, here you have Central Virginia, literally the epicenter of hate, of Antifa, of Nazis, of machine guns. People died, A-12. Troopers died in a helicopter uh, crash on A-12. Heather Heyer murdered, and I stand by this statement, in a domestic terroristic attack. James Fields drives from Ohio to use his Dodge Charger as a battering ram in downtown Charlottesville, killing Heather Heyer in this city. That ecosystem and that dynamic birthed a number of anomalies. The stars align perfectly for Nakia Walker to earn a seat on council. Nakia literally was the, the face of the progressive movement in the shadows of August 12, 2017. She was vocal. She was consistent. She was persistent. She was present. She showed up to council. And to Nakia Walker's credit, she did the work to get elected. The last independent. Can anyone name another independent to serve on council? Help me, please. She was one. And to her credit, she realized that this ecosystem was primed for a progressive leader on the dais. And voters responded, and not just in that race. They responded in the Sally Hudson race. Sally was so dominant with her progressive mindset years ago that David Toscano would not even challenge her for a seat on the House of Delegates. Progressives were being voted on council and at the state level and at the Senate level all over the Commonwealth. Why? August 12th and Donald Trump. Those two factors had tremendous influence. But that's the past. And today, the present, we realize now, after primary scene, that ideologies have shifted and pivoted. We now have Joe Biden in office, Sleepy Joe. And Joe Biden's approval numbers are not so hot. The reason they're not great is because the economy is sluggish. American credit card debt is at an all-time high. The management of this pandemic has been terrible at best. The pandemic widened the gap between the wealthy and the poor. The pandemic eroded the middle class into a sliver of its former self. The pandemic prioritized big box brands like Target and Lowe's and Home Depot while crushing 
if not murdering locally owned brands like Ace, Wild Wing Cafe, Downtown Grill, and all the restaurants and retail shops that were told by the federal government, you cannot open. The pandemic was so poorly managed, we have inflation that still to this day is ravaging us. How many are having a hard time paying their credit card bills? How many are sticker shocked with the cost of groceries, the cost of bacon, the cost of eggs? How many of us got kicked in the nuts with used car prices? How many of us are pissed off that home values have appreciated to levels that perhaps many cannot afford? How many of us are tired of making great money only to see the savings in the account be meager? Americans, Virginians, Central Virginians, Nelsonians, Almore Countyans, Charlottesvilleans, voting yesterday, they showed their mindset, their ideology has shifted from progressive, from from topics, and I may catch some heat for this, but from topics rooted in socialistic tendencies, topics associated with handouts or hand-ups, however you want to look at it, topics rooted with a DEI lens, topics rooted in housing affordability, folks now voting with a much more moderate mindset that's undoubtedly influenced by a sluggish economy and growing household debt. We saw this, and I'm going to explain how and why, and I want your perspective. If you could share it on the show, please. Let's start with Amy Lawfer and Kellen Squire. There is many lessons to be learned from the Amy Lawfer, Kellen Squire race. This was as ugly a race as I have seen at a local level, and I'm gonna straight up call a delegate race as a local level. We're talking people we see in the grocery store on a regular basis. Lawfer utilizes mudslinging 101 legitimately mudslinging 101 with direct mail, with press releases, with TV commercials that question Kellen Squire's commitment to women, women's reproductive rights. Lawfer utilizes language that Squire wrote on the internet nearly a decade ago in a race today. She takes the context of what he wrote online so out of its original intended meaning, she had to blur paragraphs before and after the cherry-picked section that she used in her mudslinging. Still, voters did not care. They voted an overwhelming capacity, 8,118 votes for Lawfer, 
Squire, 3,536. This guy got beat two and a half to one, roughly. Three, five, three, six times 2.5. This dude legitimately got beat 2.4, 2.3 to one. He got beat like a drum. Okay? Beat like a drum. And I would argue Kellen Squire's political career is over now after losing twice. Here are the lessons we learned in the law for Squire brouhaha. We learned that the first... We learned that the first lie is more impactful than the second truth. And here's what I mean by that. Lawfer went aggressive and on the offensive with the mailers. She went offensive, she went aggressive and on the offense with press releases and TV commercials. And before Squire could fight back with his truth on women's reproductive rights, he's an emergency room nurse for God's sake. Voters had already been touched multiple times with direct mail, with TV ads, with press releases, and with legacy media stories. And that initial aggressive, offensive lie was too much to overcome for Kellen Squire, despite having the truth on his side. Politics is a dirty business. And in this race, a race that had nationalize on it. The tactics of mudslinging trumped the truth. A lesson to be learned. Amy Lawfer, an establishment Democrat, the one-time chair of the Almoral County Democratic Party. She was the chairwoman for a cup of coffee, a New York minute, before she got in this race. Amy Lawfer has lost a spot previously for Charlottesville City Council. She had lost previous races, what? For delegates in years past? Prior to this win against Squire, the extent of her political experience was school board, Charlottesville. Amy Lawfer lost to Heather Hill and Nakia Walker in the shadows of A12. Today, she's going to be on the House of Delegates. Now, she has competition from Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey's on the show tomorrow. Steve Harvey is in his press release, which he issued to me, said, I'm going to run as a physical conservative. Steve Harvey is going to launch a startup business as at the same time he's pursuing a seat in the House of Delegates. Uh, first free coffee is the name of his business. I like the idea where he's going to give a free cup of coffee to anyone who goes into his startup at the Holly Mead Town Center on one condition. You've got to have a conversation with Steve if you want the free cup of Java. Launching a political campaign where the odds are stacked against you while you launch a startup when 80% of startups fail in their first three years, that's going to be a challenge. Another wrinkle, he's a physical conservative in a district that bleeds blue. Still, I respect Mr. Harvey 
and his chutzpah, his courage, his gumption, and his willingness to jump into the arena. Few people are willing to do that. Lawfer, she knows in the back of her mind, most likely in the front of her mind, and frankly speaking, she's probably talking about this with campaign staffers and her husband. She's probably saying this, Steve Harvey, a fiscal conservative's got no shot to beat me. And she's right. She's right. She's going to represent Albemarle, Louisa, and Fluvanna, and HD 55 in Richmond. She ran a campaign that was basically identical to Kellen Squires until she started slinging some mud. And here's what we learn. Nice guys finish last. There's a reason it's a cliche. Callan Squire was the nice guy. And he got his ass kicked. 70% of voters, Amy Lawfer, 30% of voters, Callan Squire. Lawfer utilized mudslinging, And with the benefit of hindsight, it worked. The first lie trumped the second truth. Now, let's go to the next race. And if you'd like to jump in, Jude, on a two-shot with any comments that people are having, just give me any kind of hand signal as we figure this out, and I'm happy, happily will weave you in the mix. All right. Yeah, we've got several. All right. Two-shot, Judah Wickhauer. Um, let's see. Uh, Lisa Cusolo said... Uh she was a police explorer with Tito Durrett, <clears throat> and she says that uh, the hate started with anything Confederate or Confederate-related. Uh, we also have a comment from Kevin Yancey stating that uh, every one of those factors is directly tied to greed, not bad policy. And uh, Lisa Costello again says that uh, Katrine Calhoun ads were everywhere one turned their head all over social media. Name recognition through ad blasting. I read her budget was several times that of other candidates. And uh, we've got uh, John Blair said that Tita Durrett is one of the finest men in the city of Charlottesville. Love you, John Blair. Um, Deep Throat, I'm going to get to your comment on Lloyd Snook, Natalie Oshrin, and Michael Payne and what that means for upzoning in moments. I'm going to now shift my focus to HD54. HD54, the results surprised me. Katrina Coulson wins. And Katrina Coulson wins in dominating fashion. Katrina Coulson, Dave Norris, and Bellamy Brown. I know Bellamy very, very well. Many cold beverages with Bellamy. I know Dave Norris very, very well. Many cold beverages with Dave Norris. I do not know, I do not know Katrina Coulson that well. She's come on the show once. That's the extent, perhaps, of my interaction with her, outside of some DMs here and there. I got to give Katrina Coulson props. And someone please send her a text message, a DM, call her, email her. She needs to hear what I have to say. Katrina Coulson ran a strategic campaign. Katrina Coulson dominated this race in the two KPIs, key performance indicators that matter the most. 
fundraising, and voter turnout. She crushed Dave and Bellamy from a fundraising standpoint. And a lot of people, Mary McIntyre is making this point on Twitter, and Mary doesn't like Katrina. Mary lost to Katrina Coulson in a Albemarle County School Board race. Mary's been very vocal on her feelings about Katrina Coulson on her Twitter account. Mary McIntyre, one of the leaders of the union charge with teachers and other employees within the Almar County public school system. Mary made the comment on Twitter today, which I had to respond to, that she, and I'll read it verbatim, Mary, and what I'm saying so far is 100% accurate. I'm not speaking out of turn, Mary, and I'm doing nothing that's disrespectful to you. I'm just reading from Twitter. She said 17 hours ago, literally, I would imagine, after she realized Katrina Coulson had crushed the competition, she put on Twitter, tomorrow I want to see the breakdown of cost per vote based on how much the candidates in Virginia's SD11, HD55, and HD54 spent for the total number of votes they got. I think it will be very illuminating, at least in one of those races. She's talking about Katrina's there. I respond to that tweet of Mary McIntyre. You should give props to Katrina Coulson. I tag Katrina Coulson in the thread. When I'm talking about someone on social media, I 1,000% tag them in what I'm talking about. Because if you do not tag the people and you're talking about them in social media, then you are gossiping behind someone's back. Communication in 2023 is as much talking to someone face-to-face -face with words coming out of our mouth as it is using a keyboard and your smartphone on social media to say something about someone. And I am a God-fearing, golden rule type of person. I'm going to hold people accountable on social media. I'm going to tag them and make sure I know that I'm talking about them because that's what's respectful. And that way you're not a gossip or a behind-the-back talker. So I jump in Mary's thread and I said, you should give props to Katrina for HD54 and I at symbol Katrina. She ran a strategic race, dominated fundraising, and crushed the voter booth. The voters made it very clear, clear who they wanted in office. Mary responded to my tweet two hours later. That was this morning. Mary said she did and they did. Now, if all the candidates had the same amount of money to spend, would the results have been the same? We will never know, and unfortunately, that's not how this works. This is how the game is played, and she won, no doubt about it. I immediately responded to that tweet by saying, Mary, yep, you are right. What ifs are absolutely worthless? Katrina played the game. Katrina dominated the game. She dominated the two most important aspects of this campaign, this race, fundraising and voter turnout. Katrina has now won two races, and she has a bright political future. And Katrina Coulson, if you watch, are watching this in real time, or if you watch this um, at your leisure post-show, I sincerely mean this. Your future is so effing bright when it comes to politics. You have now won a spot on the Almore County School Board. You have been chairwoman of the Albemarle County School Board. You led Albemarle County Public Schools as chairwoman through a pandemic. You were one of the first to champion the opening of schools during COVID. Now, in hindsight, you were absolutely right. 
I was right there with you, by the way, of getting the damn schools open during COVID because the collateral damage of having little Johnny and little Susie learning their ABCs and one, two, threes in the coat closet or in the basement bathroom was way greater than the risk of a virus that we've never seen before. I said that in real time and I caught so much flack for that. But in hindsight, we were right, Katrina. You leveraged your spot on the school board and as chairwoman into a campaign that tickled the fancy of Sonia Smith. And Sonia Smith was so impressed, so seduced, so romanticized by your potential. She funded your campaign at a prolific clip that trampolined you to victory. I sent Katrina Coulson a direct message on June 14th, seven days ago. And I was very direct with her. And I'm going to read it verbatim. Katrina, I am going to have to call out those absurd Sonia Smith contributions on the I Love Seville show. I wanted to give you a heads up beforehand because that's what's right. I'm happy to host you so you can rebuttal what a lot of people are saying is a purchased election. Just a thought. The show is yours if you'd like to come on. She responds to my direct message. Thank you. I am proud of the support I have received. I have the most individual donors, the most small donors, the most in-state donors, and the most local donors. If people are interested specifically in the fundraising of the candidates, you can point your listeners to VPAP to see the diversity and scope of my support and to provide context for all the great candidates. Also, it is a great resource to educate voters. I appreciated the opportunity I had to talk to your audience earlier in the campaign, but in these final few days, I am fully booked with campaign commitments. I hope you have a wonderful show, and I cannot wait to get back on the program again soon. Love that answer. I love that answer from what is now Delegate Coulson. Let me see if I can find the quote. I'm looking for a quote from The Wire. Have you guys ever watched the show on HBO called The Wire? It's a crime show set in Baltimore, and it follows various aspects of the crime criminal ecosystem that is Baltimore, Maryland, from smuggling in goods on the docks of Baltimore, including prostitutes from Western Europe who perished in a container, to the life of teenagers and adolescents who skip school and are forced into the drug trade just to pay rent for their parents, to the newspaper business in Baltimore as it's literally deteriorating before our very eyes, to the police department in Baltimore and the challenges the Baltimore Police Department face 
with a numbers and taxes when taxes are cut and how that impacts bodies and enrollment and, 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 and vacancies and then politicians still demanding that the police do more with less. Phenomenal program. A lot of aspects of The Wire apply to Charlottesville, Virginia. I encourage you to watch it. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. One of the uh, quotes that will forever resonate with me um, from The Wire is a quote about the game. And the game is, is a symb- symbolism. It's symbolic for life in general. And the quote comes from Marla Daniels, who's the better half of Cedric Daniels. Cedric Daniels was um, an attorney who, has, um, who was upper level in the Baltimore Police Department. He had a law degree, and he was on his path to being the police chief in Baltimore in this show. His wife, Mona Daniels, was an elected official. Marla Daniels, excuse me. And she's offering Cedric Daniels some perspective. And she says, Cedric, I, I will n- never forget this. The game is rigged. You cannot lose if you do not play. I'll say it again. The game is rigged. You cannot lose if you do not play. Now, it does not apply verbatim to this political race, but it certainly is somewhat relevant. HD 55 and HD 54, they were rigged. HD 55 was rigged by lies and mudslinging and mailers and press release and the legacy media that was earned by those lies and those press releases and that mudslinging. HD 54 was rigged, and it was rigged by a rainmaker, and her name, Sonia Smith. Sonia Smith funded this race to levels where if you combine Norris and Brown's total campaign contributions amongst both of them, you're still probably short of what Sonia gave Katrina. The game is rigged, but that's life. Life is not fair. It will never be fair. The nice guy will not win, maybe win sometimes, but Kellen Squire just showed us he got his ass kicked. Okay? The mean bully beat Kellen Squire and beat Kellen Squire like a drum, and voters and Almar, Louisa, Fluvanna, they didn't even care that the mean bully was utilizing these tactics. They still voted the mean bully into office anyway. The voters in HD54, they didn't care that Sonia Smith contributed at a level that is equivalent to Dave Norris and Bellamy Brown combined total contributions. They didn't care. They still voted her into office. Life is rigged. The game is rigged. And it's how we respond to those rigged tendencies that determines the winners and losers. And if you don't like hearing that, I don't care. I don't. The game is rigged. Life is rigged. Some people... A friend of mine, I had a conversation with my friend of mine that I think is watching the program right now. He literally said to me, I got a lot of respect for this guy. As soon as I talk about this, he's going to know who he is. I'll, I'll utilize his first name, Dean. He literally said to me, you don't know how fortunate you are to have a sperm and an egg connect in America that birthed you in the United States. 
as opposed to a sperm and an egg connecting in, I won't use his country, Western Europe, somewhere in Africa, or a third world country. My parents, a sperm and an egg connected in Naples, Florida, in the free union in the land of opportunity. Someone of similar skill set as me, similar personality as me, similar gift for communication as me, similar gift for human connection for me, similar appetite for risk as me, similar entrepreneurial ability as me, I am not unique. They were born in Venezuela or Romania or South Africa. And their climb up the professional ladder of opportunity or the ladder of quality of life is way steeper than a sperm and an egg connecting in Naples, Florida. Life is rigged. The game is rigged. And it's up to us to understand how life and the game are rigged and adapt to it for our personal gain, the personal gain of our family, or the gain of the community. Coulson played the game. She realized it was rigged. And now she's in the House of Delegates. You have someone voted into office in Richmond that is on paper, vocal on a dais in front of a microphone, vehemently opposed to collective bargaining. And now she's in Richmond, influencing with policy, collective bargaining, politics in 2023. And if you take anything from this show, take two things. The first lie trumps the second truth. And the game is rigged. And life is rigged. And it's up to you and me to figure out the opportunity within the parameters in front of us. That determines the winners and the losers. Anything you want to jump in with? Yeah, we got a couple comments. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Nora, Nora Gaffney says, I was highly impressed with Katrina after seeing her here on this show. I then had a long conversation with her at the X Market. I also had a great conversation with her folks after I'd already cast my vote for her. The article about her in the progress was good also, clearing up some possible misunderstandings. She champions, <clears throat> she champions women and children. This win is awesome for all of us. Nora Gaffney giving Katrina Coulson some props. I, someone needs to pass along this show to Katrina Coulson, please. Ginny Hu, welcome to the program. Thank you for retweeting the program. I have more people than I can count on all these social media platforms. Our heat map has six states watching it right now. Show is yours. Got another comment from Marlene Jones. Uh, this one about Bob Fenwick. She says she voted for Bob because current counselors are tone deaf. I'm not opposed to upsizing in my neighborhood, Johnson Village. Moving from two to three or four auxiliary units would be okay. Six to eight unit apartment buildings without parking is not. Respect. All right. Let's go to the next race. The local election. Look, I'll cut to the chase. Bob Fenwick had very little chance to win here. 
Mr. Fenwick, and I respect the fact that he was willing to enter this race despite multiple losses in city council races on his resume. He's been on council once, four years. He's lost many times. I believe now three times, definitely two, I think three. It was a long shot for Bob Fenwick. But Bob Fenwick ran on a campaign of throttling or slowing down upzoning and throttling or slowing down the aggressive taxing nature of Charlottesville, Virginia. Bob Fenwick got his tail kicked. He came in last place. Mr. Chat GBT, Deshad Cooper, beat Bob Fenwick by over 1,000 votes. Okay? Here's what we learned. The neighborhood associations in the Charlottesville city limits, the associations that were threatening to galvanize and organize and vote Fenwick into office, the same associations that are writing letters to the mayor, writing letters to the councilors to throttle upzoning, they could not utilize their communications channels to organize, to incentivize voter turnout. Bob Fenwick got 1,824 votes, 9.7.6%. It shows that maybe the temperature for upzoning or the throttling of more density, that temperature perhaps has completely cooled down. Deep Throat sends me this on Twitter DM. My own worry is that Lloyd Snook, seeing how he trailed Natalie Oshran and Michael Payne, will deduce that resisting the extreme draft zoning ordinances is a political loser in the Democratic Party of the city of Charlottesville. He seems to blow somewhat with the political winds. Deep Throat's comment, it's a damn good one. Deep Throat knows what's up when it comes to local storylines. I think he's right. Natalie Oshran ran on a platform of sidewalks, bicycle and pedestrian safety, and more density. She's young. She needs to buy a house. She realizes additional supply is going to help her do that. People overwhelmingly responded to the point where Natalie Oshrin got 4,943 votes, Michael Payne second 4,725 votes, and Lloyd Snook, the moderate, 4,329 votes. Lloyd Snook came in third place despite being the mayor, Despite having the value proposition of being an incumbent mayor, he came in third place. Michael Payne, who is pro-upzoning and a socialist, came in second. And Natalie Ostrin, who is very progressive in her ideology and pro-upzoning, dominated and came in first. Voters and political winds blew in the direction of progressives in the city of Charlottesville and blew in the direction of upzoning in the city of Charlottesville. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Viewers and listeners of all shapes and sizes, there is not a doubt in my mind after this primary that upzoning has as much momentum as it's ever had. The neighborhood associations in the city failed to galvanize, strategize, organize, and incentivize. They didn't come out. So now, when upzoning hits JPA, Lewis Mountain, Preston, Barracks, Belmont, 
Woolen Mills, North Downtown, Prospect, Cherry, Star Hill. Upzoning opponents, you've closed and lost your window to complain and bitch and moan. Yesterday was your window to get big balls Bobby Fenwick into office, and you did not do it. And here's my crystal ball prediction. Upzoning has more momentum than it ever has. And the cause and effect of that momentum is going to be more density and more leeway when it comes to housing in a landlocked 10.2 square mile city. If you own a home like yours truly, you're in a neighborhood association as well, aren't you? Yeah. You pay HOAs? Oh, yeah. If you own a home like Judah Wickhauer does in an HOA neighborhood, like yours truly does in an HOA neighborhood, his is, you're right over the city limits, correct? Yeah. I'm in the urban ring in Keswick. His neighborhood, my neighborhood, Redfields, Willoughby, Whittington, Glenmore, Mill Creek, Fontana, your homes are going to pop in value because folks are going to be trepid and concerned what this density is going to do to real estate. And as a result, buyer demand is going to shift to HOA neighborhoods where bylaws trump policy and local legislation like zoning ordinances. The HOA neighborhoods in the city of Charlottesville and in Albemarle County and within the urban ring have never been full of more potential. And the neighborhoods that are already increasing in value, in my particular case, we're talking a... Jude, I think my house has gone up 80% in value in three years. Yeah. 80% in value in three years. It's been crazy here. It's going to go up even more. And so is yours. Mm -hmm. If you have an HOA neighborhood house that you own, you're sitting on stacks, baby. Stacks of paper. Mark it down. Mark it down. You listen to this show long enough you start realizing that the crystal ball utilized on this network is pretty damn clear. Natalie Oshran deserves a job well done and a pat on the back. Motivated by her aunt, who's an elected official in a different jurisdiction, a different state, her aunt supported Natalie so much she literally came down to shake hands of voters at polls in the city. Could Natalie Oshern be the next mayor of Charlottesville? Very well could be. Very well could be. Council is four men and one woman. You may be looking at your next mayor of Charlottesville. And as, as I've said that Katrina Colson, her future is so, so, so bright when it comes to politics. So is Natalie's. You got somebody in her, what, mid to late 20s? And I'm not trying to date her. 
by any means, age her by any means, mid to late 20s, is going to be on Charlottesville, Virginia City Council. After a four-year term, good God, you're probably looking at a delegate race there. Now, we have to ask ourselves, Some folks are saying early 30s for Natalie Alshern. I'm going to say if it's early 30s, you're aging like a fine wine. Because I see someone in her mid-20s. And you've got to ask yourself this. What does the primary and the results we've garnered the results we're interpreting from yesterday's primary, what does it mean for the general election? How did somebody like Dave Norris, who had name recognition, a former mayor of Charlottesville, how did he go from such an overwhelming favorite on paper where insiders all over central Virginia, including friend of the program, Jesse Rutherford, saying, and I believe Mr. Rutherford's watching. I love Jesse Rutherford saying Dave Norris is a slam dunk. How did he go from being a slam dunk to, frankly speaking, Dave's my friend. Bellamy's my friend. But they got hammered. How did they get hammered here? First, my take on why Dave got hammered. Can you put the screenshot up that I put, that I asked you to grab, grab J-Dubs? Give us a thumbs up when that's on screen, if you could, please, sir. Thank you kindly, Judah. It's up. Everyone, look at the screen. This is a post Nakaya Walker made 12 hours ago. Keep it on screen. I will read it verbatim. Nakaya Walker did this post 12 hours ago and tagged Dave Norris. These races speak volumes about our community, Nakaya Walker wrote 12 hours ago. I have many comments, but I'm going to keep most of them to myself for now. I do not want to point out one thing about our House of Delegates race. Or excuse me, I do. I do want to point out one thing about our House of Delegates race. The status quo never forgets. Dave Norris strongly and fiercely supported me, and he has never been forgiven by those who control our local politics. Dave, thank you for your decades of work to attempt to create a Charlottesville that is welcoming and beloved, a community that acknowledges the past injustices of its leaders and strives to heal and restore. You have never wavered in fighting for those of us Others attempt to ignore. Thank you for your willingness to continue to serve our community. Dave, with class and character, responds to that statement from Nakaya with, I will always, always, always stand in support of you, Nakaya Walker. You are a truth teller and we need more like you. Judah, if you want to go back to a one-shot, 
maybe a two shot. There's not a doubt in my mind that Dave Norris's unwavering support of Nakia Walker, hell, he was on the small group of people, two, three, four, five people that encouraged Nakia Walker into office and gave her the political science roadmap of how to get elected. There's not a doubt in my mind that that relationship impacted him in this race. Not a doubt in my mind. When Nakia got out of office, and I believe she's watching the program as we speak, when she got out of office, her four years were so tumultuous in this city, it took her many, 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 many months to even get a job because she had been scarlet lettered. And that collateral damage crept into HD 54, ladies and gentlemen. And that's as frank as I can be. But I am unafraid to offer commentary that I know in my hearts of hearts is true. Now, what do these results mean for the general election? We'll have a general election when it comes to Sally and Cree deeds. I haven't offered yet my perspective on Sally and Cree. Sally had a three, Sally Hudson lost by 755 votes, a three point margin to Cree deeds. Sally dominated the city of Charlottesville, but did not carry or could not dominate Albemarle and Nelson. Cree deeds buttered his bread in Albemarle County. Creedeeds buttered his bread in Nelson County. Creedeeds buttered his bread in Amherst. Sally had Sonia Smith's money, six figures of it. And that couldn't trampoline her to the finish line. Creedeeds an institution. And I would bet with the benefit of hindsight, Sally Hudson regrets attacking Creedeeds on guns, knowing that his son I'll let you research Creedeeds and his son on your own. Attacking Cree and his stance on guns with all the personal baggage that Cree and his family went through that was like one step below what Lawford did to Squire. It was disingenuous. And voters saw through it. And they also realized Cree Deeds was as institutional as any politician in the Commonwealth. We have to interpret the data after primary season and ask ourselves, how is this going to influence the general election? Philip Hamilton is running against Cree Deeds now. Philip Hamilton is a Republican. And frankly speaking, the majority of the time when Philip Hamilton opens his mouth or puts something on social media, I'm left asking myself, what is up with this guy? Does he even know what's going on in the world today? Philip Hamilton releases a statement on the Johnson Elementary 
LGBTQ curriculum that we discussed last week that Rob Schilling amplified a curriculum and storyline that eventually made it to Fox News. And when Philip Hamilton offered perspective on Johnson Elementary and this storyline, he attributed Johnson Elementary, and I'm going to see if I can find the post. Let's see if the man's deleted it, or at least, I hope to God, edited it. I would bet he has not. I'm scrolling down his page. Philip Hamilton made the mistake of saying, Johnson Elementary is in Almore County. And we should hold the Elmore County School Board accountable to what happened in Johnson Elementary with the LBGTQ, LBGTQ curriculum, Judah. Here it is. This is bananas. He's legitimately showing five days ago it's still active on his page. He takes a screenshot of the statements from Charlottesville Public Schools that was sent to Johnson Elementary parents. Here's the screenshot. I've shared this on I Love Seville. And he chooses to analyze it. And the first sentence he uses to analyze this, Judah Whitecower, the Albemarle County School Board is claiming to the Johnson Elementary parents that the leak was unauthorized. Uh, well, Philip, um, the Albemarle County School Board has no influence here. Uh, Johnson Elementary is in the city of Charlottesville. Is that not concerning? That a guy that's looking to represent a municipality thinks Johnson Elementary is in Almore County. He then continues by saying, I support the right of whistleblowers who are exposing the sexual agenda that is being pushed on children before they even reach the age of puberty, and I encourage fellow conservatives to speak at the July 13th Almore County School Board meeting at 5.30 p.m. Here's the address for the Almore County School Board, 401 McIntyre Road, Charlottesville, Virginia, 22902. If you're unable to attend in person, you may submit a comment to school board at k12almore.org. Feel free to review the Almore County School Board meeting schedule for the rest of the calendar year and be ready to fight back for our children. Yes, Philip, it's going to make a lot of sense for people to fight back against City Elementary School Johnson at the Almore County School Board. Perfect sense there, pal. Perfect sense. That's who you have running against an institution, Creed Eats. Creed Eats is going to beat this guy like a drum. Steve Harvey running against Katrina Coulson. The margin of victory for Katrina Coulson against Steve Harvey, oh, excuse me, excuse me, I stand corrected. Steve Harvey running against Amy Lawfer. Amy Lawfer. The margin of victory of Amy Lawfer against Steve Harvey is not going to be as wide as the margin of victory of Creed Eats against Philip Hamilton. Still, Amy Lawfer is going to beat Steve Harvey like a drum. Okay? And Steve's going to be here tomorrow. Maybe this commentary is going to make things potentially awkward for him. It won't make things awkward for me. And you know me well enough that I will not be, I will have no awkward feelings. Because I'm speaking what I believe to be the truth. And someone who utilizes a fiscal conservative mindset and platform in a super blue district has got zero shot winning. Zero shot at winning. I'm not throwing shade. I'm being honest. I'm being analytical. I'm being truthful. And I'm saying what all of us already think. I'm
I'm going to have to ask him about women's reproductive rights and where his stance on women's reproductive rights, where he stands on arguably the most important topic or agenda item in the House of Delegates. If, and I predict this will be the case, if a male on the show says, I don't believe women should have full autonomy over their bodies, reproduction, and abortion. Steve, I'm going to push back on that. I've seen two nine-pound bowling balls come out of my wife's vagina. Literally. And the pain and hardship that she went through, I could never do. There's a, women, there's a reason why women birth kids and men don't. She's gone through way more pain than I have. The first one was like a 19-hour labor. Three or four epidurals. The first three didn't work. When you get the perspective of two nine-pound bowling balls coming out of your wife's vagina while you're holding her hand and she's gripping it and screaming at the top of her lungs for 19 hours as sweat is going down her face as the color leaves her face, as she's exhausted and tired and crying and emotional, and all you can do is say, honey, you got this, you can do this. Here's some ice cubes to help with dehydration. You can make it through it for 19 hours. You realize that you do not have the same makeup that she has or women in totality. And I think it's the definition of hypocritical for males to tell women what they can and cannot do with their bodies. Lawfare is going to pound them. Deeds is going to pound them. You might as well call the race now. Now, we have some general elections at the Almore County School Board where we should analyze, though. The Almore County School Board is four seats, or excuse me, seven seats. Seven seats in totality, the Almore County School Board. Four of them are up for election including one, the general election, that is going to be a nasty dogfight. And we've already seen nasty dogfight tendencies from Allison Spillman, where she's trying to co-brand Dr. Bryce, um, essentially with her father's ideology. I think that's two shot if we could. I count on you as a, a sounding board often. You know that, Judah? I would say Allison Spillman in the general election is trying to co-brand Dr. Meg Bryce with her father, the late Supreme Court Justice, and his ideology. Is that a fair statement? Sounds fair to me. Yeah. That race is going to be contentious. It's going to be nasty. Oh, no doubt. <clears throat> but the primary, this primary season, we've seen moderates in Almaro. Moderates in Almaro County push candidates to victory. The moderates came out. This is not the Trump A12 progressive ecosystem. It's a much more moderate ecosystem, a much more blue dog ecosystem, a much more down the middle ecosystem. 
I think Dr. Bryce, after what I saw with the primary yesterday, has a better shot of winning than I initially thought. I think that progressive mindset and spirit is getting whittled down like a number two pencil after the SATs. It's still present, Natalie Alshrin, but that's Charlottesville City. They ain't voting in the general election, school board Almar County. It's still present, Michael Payne, socialists, but that's Charlottesville City. They ain't voting in the general election for school board for Almar County. Almoral Countyans, their mindset and ideology much more progressive than we, much more moderate, moderate than we may have initially have thought on Tuesday morning and Monday night. Bryce's chances of winning improved after this primary. Hmm. Two shot, you can jump I've, in anytime you want. I have an interesting comment from, uh, from Katie. Katie Treviso Pearl. KTP? KTP. Yep. She says, so is Jerry saying that no men are allowed to be pro-life? Are only women allowed to be pro-life? And I think I, I, think I understand your, your take on this. It's not so much that we're not allowed to be pro-life. It's that while we are allowed our, uh, our opinions, the, uh, the fact of men writing laws, uh, basically forcing, forcing women into one, one place or another... Uh, is problematic. Said it better than me. You just said it better than I could have. Yeah. Succinctly I mean, and to the point. I thank you. Yeah. Go I mean, ahead. I, I'll stop talking. I, I think I don't. I I can't speak for you. I'm I'm pro life, but uh, but I I tend to agree with that take on things, and that uh, in that it's it's not my body that I'm making that I would be making laws about. It's it's someone else's body, and uh, and it's it's not just uh, it's not just biology. It's also uh, it's also um, it's also religion. It's also uh, it's it's just so many things, and it's such a it's such a pit trap that uh, that I I think. Uh, I think it would be wise for all men to, to get out of the uh, to get out of the um, the lawmaking um, arena in especially this particular area, just because this is again about women's bodies and and to hear some of the politicians talk about these these uh, subjects, it's terrifying. I mean, some of these people are utter. Cretins, to to put it nicely. Said it better than me again. Yet again, that's how I feel. You know what? This is this is how I feel when it comes to women's reproductive rights. Let the woman make the decision. Have the law not be a law. It's up to the woman. Yeah. Some dudes in suits in a three, four, five-week session in the, cop, the capital of the Commonwealth, backroom dealing, should be determining what women do or can do with their body. Yeah. It should be up to the woman. If she wants to have an abortion, okay. If she doesn't want to have an abortion, okay. 
You know my stance? I'm a, I'm a little less blasé about about that. I I think it should be women making making laws. I, you know, it's such a it's such a, a minefield. Dude, uh, I am you know me as well as anyone besides my wife. I don't think that anyone that wants to should just be able to get an abortion. I I feel like it's too important. There are literal lives at stake and to to say that someone can can just be irresponsible and use uh, use abortion as a form of what secondary birth control is irresponsible dude, and dis- dude, dude. and disgusting. I, I, but I, at the same time, I think some of the laws coming out today disregard what's going on in in our country and the world. And to say that a woman has to cross state borders in order to save her own life is I, I can't imagine the terror that women must feel listening to men talk about what they can and can't do about with their bodies. It's, I I respect everything you just said. I'm going to say something that is as personal as I've ever shared on this program. I've never shared anything more personal than I'm about to share on this program, and I have a conference call in four minutes. Four minutes. I stack the conference calls at 1.45 each day. I'm not going to get into too many details. I'm going to share what I'm willing to share, and that's it. It was not my wife, not my wife, but I've seen firsthand with someone I love and going through abortion. Having an abortion. The impacts that an abortion has on your body, physically and emotionally, are, it's difficult for me to describe as a man. I watched 48 hours, 72 hours of bedridden fatigue 48 to 72 hours of bedridden, absolute fatigue, and even worse, the emotional collateral damage that comes with the choice that was made. Mm-hmm. And someone goes through that once to say that people will do that time in and time again as a form of secondary birth control is a statement, I believe, not rooted in actual experience. Because you go through it once, and I did bedside, not the actual procedure, you will realize you never want to do it again. And that's not to say people won't do that. But you have it once, you're never going to want to do it again. Ask someone who's gone through the process and what the emotional collateral damage and the guilt that resonates for years, if not forever. Because you know you were a part of a decision of keeping someone from coming to the earth and being born. That's heavy, Mm -hmm. and it weighs on you. 
And uh, that's all I'm going to say on that. KTP has some some comments that uh, that speak to what we're talking about again. I'm not going to say anything more about that. She says, uh, "I think it I think it problematic when men don't pass laws to protect children." And she also says, uh, "I think it's terrifying to hear men or women say that it's okay to kill a child at any gestation." which is the position most progressives now take. Okay, and I respect that opinion. I respect KTP. She knows I tremendously respect her, and she's 1,000% entitled to her opinion, and I will never throw shade on her opinion. Right. 1,000% she's entitled to this. I think those are some great perspectives, and my only problem is when that law... i got 40 seconds. Go my, ahead. My, my biggest problem is when, when those laws uh, go too far, and uh, and... Uh, prevent the saving of a mother's life or similar, and I there's I know there's a lot of debate around that. So, and we obviously can't get into it. But, uh, Katie, thank you for your uh, for your comments. Hundred percent, KTP. House of Delegates, there's your most important issue: abortion. I would love to continue this show, but this is not how I primarily pay my bills. It's not a top four revenue stream. This call is. I'm Jerry Miller, and it's the I Love Seville show. More on this tomorrow. If you can cut the mics so I can make.